to the Rogue Agronomist Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. You never know what I may say or who will be on, but you know it'll be real because that's me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Kyle from Stall Agronomy coming to you on a Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> We have a, a local racetrack near us. Uh, I think that does like dirt track racing, and um, their their famous tagline is "Where you'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge." And uh, yeah, that's what that's what I think about when I talk talk about Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Anyway, let's get into a podcast and let's talk about tire spot management. Uh, there's a lot of uh, let's just say a lot of maybes out there, and there's a lot of people that claim to know a lot about tar spot and tar spots so new uh, to the Midwest that we really still are finding new things out about tar spot just about every single day. And that's, that is a huge struggle for us in the agronomy world when we're dealing with something like this. Uh, you start talking about reed resistance uh, it is a very similar thing. You know, when we started dealing with glyphosate resistant weeds that really kind of threw our world for a loop. It took us three, four years to kind of start figuring some of that out. And I think what uh, what I un- kind of learned during that is it usually takes one year of a, a really bad experience before people really start managing for it. So let's talk about tar spot. And I think tar spot's getting to that case in a lot of different places. So let's talk about some of the sources of information we can get. So the University of Wisconsin is actually has been very good on it. We have the Tar Spotter app, which is developed by Damon Smith at UW, and uh, that's been a really good app to use. Um, it gives you the risk that you run, essentially, as far as you know weather conditions are correct for the fungus. Um, what it doesn't tell you is you know hydro-specific stuff, um, you know fungicides, anything like that. Uh, there is a lot of university data out there. Um, there's some independent company data, um, but a lot of the data and information that we're seeing and pulling from is coming from ag retail and seed companies. And there are a number of seed companies that I would say uh, genetically aren't doing as well in this entire fight uh, with tar spots. And um, one of them maybe sounds like Mayer, but uh, yeah, that's that's been the struggle. I I would see being a farmer. So what, what do I totally mean there? Um, you know, I've talked about this before. We've had people that tried to kind of fear monger people into putting fungicides on, you know, if you don't sign this form saying that you told, you know, I told you to put fungicide on it and you didn't, then you know, we're, we're going to have a problem. Um, there's a number of other things, but let's talk about the wording that's coming out for some of these uh, chemical or seed companies, essentially. So some of the wording that's coming out from seed companies are there. They have noticed there is no hybrid differences between tolerance to tar spot. Yes, some might be a little bit better than others, but we have no data or not enough data to show that there's a difference. So the first thing we recommend or don't recommend is hybrid selection. I would say, um, you know, I've been on both sides of this genetic fence. We'll just put it that way. Um, There is one germplasm family that has a major problem with black tar spot. And I just said the name a little bit ago, but there is one seed company that is having a major problem. And they're trying to get some more stay green bred into their lines, it seems like. 
Um, they're breeding in some shorter corn, so you can spray it with ground rigs, yada, yada, yada. Their recommendations are spray once and maybe spray twice. Um, I've had people to get sold a uh, hybrid they really like, and they want to tell them to spray it twice with fungicide. Just guarantee, just spray it twice. Uh, you, you just have to do it. And, you know, let's just say, um, let's say fungicide was really big back in 1994, 1995. We'd still probably be planting Pioneer 3394 if we could control gray leaf spot that way by just planting the same hybrid over and over again and spraying with fungicide twice. And there, there's a reason why we stopped doing that. And that was because that hybrid did not handle gray leaf spot very well. And we saw that pretty significantly in in the 90s that you do not want to plant one genetic platform across a significant chunk of your acres because some things might, something bad's going to happen. And I think our key in the fight with tar spot, and like I said, I've been on both genetic fences, like multiple sizes of genetic fence. You know, I've, I've sold Syngenta branded seed. I've sold Monsanto slash Bears seed, um, you know, and several smaller companies. There has been a significant difference in the hybrids that have good natural state green. And those hybrids are definitely better equipped to handle tar spot. Tar spot doesn't, well, let's just say it still infects those plants, um, but we don't see as fast of necrosis. We don't see that faster dry down or die down essentially with some genetic families. So yes, I think the first tool in your toolbox when you start talking about tar spot is genetic selection. Hybrid selection is, is a huge tool. Um, and then remember, like I've always said before, when you look at how companies will rate their own hybrids, remember that when companies rate their hybrids, they rate them against their current lineup. That's what they look at. That's what they have. That's their biggest sample size. So most companies will rate their own lineup against their lineup. So when you have a disease rating from one company and no one else is doing it, you will notice that one company might grade theirs a little bit tougher than other ones do. So point or case in point, I had one hybrid last year on one side of the planter. We had another hybrid from a different company on the other side of the planter. 20 bushel difference uh, in spots, 25 or 30. And I've never seen a yield map that colorful. And, you know, I would say if you asked that company and you asked the other company which hybrid, you know, how their hybrid stacks up, they would say it's about the same, you know, middle of the pack. When you looked at them in the field and once you went through with a combine, you would say there is a significant difference between these two different hybrids. And there is. And that is stay green. And that was one specific companies. Yes, I sell Pioneer. And yes, they talk about tar spot quite a bit. And yes, they talk about hybrid selection. But that is very, very true. And for me on, you know, an independent side, I will say that it's ringing true with me. I've seen it in the field. We've seen it in different hybrids. We do grow a lot of more defensive hybrids. Once you get below 102, 103 day corn, we we have a lot more defensive hybrids because we just have tougher conditions usually. You know, it, it's usually wetter, colder in spring, so you, you you can't take something that can't handle that. Um, there's a lot of no-till. Um, we just we have a lot of extreme weather conditions, and you get closer to the lake here, 
you know, it might be 90 degrees inland and you get within five miles of the lake and it's 70 degrees in the middle of summer. Those things are really weird, but that's what we deal with. So yes, let's get off of the, the hybrid thing, but let's just say, I think your main key to battling tar spot in our experience, hybrid, hybrid selection makes a big difference. So, all right, let's talk about fungicides. So if I were to go out with a fungicide, what fungicide would I go out with? What we've noticed, and this is me and local people in Southeast Wisconsin. So when I post this stuff kind of like on TikTok, I get people from Iowa, they're like, you have no clue what you're talking about. In Southeast Wisconsin, let's be very specific. These are the things that we've seen work well for us. So what we've seen work well for us is a high rate of strobularin in the fungicide. So does it matter if it has an SDHI? Um, yes and no. I, I think the fact that you have a strobilarin in there makes the biggest difference. So where we've seen yield results back, sometimes some older style two-way hybrid or two-way fungicides, so strobilarin and triazole, have shown fairly well control under tar spot only. Now when we start talking about northern corn leaf blight, something that comes in later, gray leaf spots, uh, potentially late late season um, diseases that, that can affect the plants quite a bit. Anthracnose is one of them. The SDHI does bring a lot to the table. So do I think that you should totally discredit that, that option as a fungicide if you're going after everything that's out there? No. But if you're going after tar spot, it seems like a strobularin is your biggest bet. When do we see timing differences? Um, to me, I really like the late vegetative. Right before tassel, uh, it seems like, for us at least, when we start getting into that realm of, you know, tassels are starting to come out, that's when we really see the disease ramp up. We haven't seen it much yet. It's being found, you know, don't get me wrong, that it's here. You know, it's going to be here every year. We have seen it in the field, um, but the pictures I've seen from other agronomists, you know, I've been walking a lot of corn, and I haven't seen as much, but I've been looking at a lot more rootworm damaged corn lately, but... For the biggest part, a lot of people are out there looking at fields and they'll find some. I could probably find some if I really, really, really wanted to. To me, it doesn't matter as much as the fact of let's wait until this stuff starts ramping up. You know, we'll, we'll see, I think, in two weeks from this week. We've had the perfect weather conditions from the previous week that two weeks from now, we will probably have a massive infection of tar spots start showing up. So what do I mean by timing late vegetative so right now we are pretty much right at tassel and if you're putting fungicide on today let's say this plant was infected two weeks ago you're going to see that initial infection start showing up because it takes about two weeks before you actually see the visual lesions show up on the plant so those are going to be there you might slow down a future infection but you're not going to stop the ones that are currently in there at least what we've seen so those are going to keep putting inoculum into the air. You're going to have, you know, two, three weeks of residual, then that's going to wear off. And then we get a little bit more plant death, necrosis. But the delayed application, I will say that there's not a total difference in yield. I've seen a little bit better control for the later applications. You know, if you want a green plant to combine, put that fungicide on at brown silk. If you want... The lowest amount of tar spot you're going to see initially that 
is detrimental to yield during grain fill, put it on a little earlier. And that's where we've been kind of timing it more. It seems like if we can get through with a ground rig, that timing is almost better than going out with a helicopter. I'm not saying here a helicopter airplane is worse than a ground rig because of water. I, I think that's kind of a mixed thing. I, I think it's a mixed bag. It depends on the applicator, whatever. But I think for the most part, it's just more of the timing. If I can get a helicopter in there to spray it uh, pre-tassel, I'd say it's going to be about the same. So that's where we've seen, I would say, is my recommendation to our growers, is if I can get it on before we see the infection, slow it down. It seems like we get a little bit better. You know, we don't, we don't necessarily have a lower infestation of tar spot at the end of the season, but we seem to get through grain fill a little bit better than if we delay it and then we start seeing it show up and then we spray. And that's where I think you get caught in the multiple applications of fungicide problem where you, you delay it until you see a good, you know, a good infestation of tar spot, you spray it, and then it just keeps getting worse all of a sudden in two, three weeks when that fungicide starts wearing off because there's such so much knocking around that you, you spray it again because you start seeing it ramp up again. And it just seems like you're always on the back end of that fighting battle. You're just, you're losing. If you can get it ahead, it seems like that's better. The one thing I've had a lot of questions about is, you know, we had elevated vomitoxin levels last year. Now, this is entirely a personal opinion. And where this comes from is the first two years we saw tar spot, we sent a lot of samples in. I would say almost every one of the samples, actually every one of the samples they sent in had fusarium come back when I had tar spot. Now, most of the other ones that didn't have tar spot still came back, but we didn't really send any in that weren't tar spot because that's, you know, at that point we pretty much knew what we were looking at. But with elevated fusarium levels, we see higher vomitoxin, higher Don ratings. And what we've noticed, at least I've noticed, and, you know, there's not a lot of data out there to correlate this, and the university's having trouble re recreating this. So they're not going to have a lot of data on it, which is fine. And it doesn't mean that they don't know crap. I'm not saying that at all. This is a personal experience thing. I'm pulling my hefty hat out here and, and start talking about stuff I've learned. But things I've seen in the field, if you have a heavy tar spot infestation the previous year, you're going to have higher VOM and DON levels in your silage. And we've noticed that. And last year, it definitely was true. I had people that have never had tar spots or had very little infections of tar spot, had a bad tar spot a year. Last year, they had enough VOM in their silage that they saw a significant drop in milk. What do we expect by applying a fungicide and what will that do on vomidon levels? Now, if you go back to previous university research, it shows that about a 50% reduction in VOM and DON will happen when you apply a fungicide on silage corn at tassel or later. So that's where we're kind of sticking our, our guns and seeing what happens. And honestly, if we got half the VOM and DON we did last year, we would be elevated, but not, you know, kind of worrisome levels. So that's where we're kind of pinning our hopes on tar spot fungicide. We'll see how that works, but that's another experience we've had. Um, the other thing is make sure you know what the hell you're looking at. And I had somebody telling me the other day, oh, I've seen tar spot. And I said, really? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've seen tar spot. It, it, it isn't black yet. All right. If it's not black, it's probably not tar spot. It's probably something else. It, it could be common rust. It could be gray spot. Who knows what the heck she saw, but it's not tar spot. 
Tar spot really basically you won't see it until it turns black. And when it turns black, you know you got it. Yes, there's the bugs and everything out there and lick your finger. Do not lick your finger and then rub it on the leaf. <laughs> Whatever you do, find some sweat or something. If you're walking fields, you're going to be sweating enough. You can do that. Don't lick your finger and then stick it in poop and then stick your finger back in your mouth to lick it again. Just don't do it. You know, I, I don't even have to learn the hard way on that one. I'm just smart enough to know not to lick your finger and do it. So whoever's telling you to lick your finger, they, uh, they must carry a lot of hand sanitizer with them or something. But... And then maybe they're kind of half drunk if they're drinking the hand sanitizer. But uh, anyway, let's get get this one finished. But make sure you know what you're looking at. Um, once you see it, realize that that is infected the plant two weeks prior. Once it starts ramping up, you're almost too late to the ball game. I think if you start hearing about it in your area, you know you have a susceptible hybrid. You know you have a history of it. Um, you've got a silage hybrid. Uh, anything that's like 104 on as far as maturity goes, um, you know, look at your staking ratings, look at the fungicides you're going to use, you know, do I want an SDHI? Am I going to put the money out, you know, another 10, $12 an acre because I want to get that longer residual, make that opinion based on, are we seeing gray leaf spot? Am I concerned about Northern corn leaf blight? Am I worried about these other things? If you are throw the SDHI in, if you're, somebody who's on the fence usually about fungicide, go with a cheaper option, go with, you know, a Quilt Excel, uh, go with uh, Headline, uh, go with anything, you know, Delaro. Um, I've got some guys using Veltima, and I think Veltima is actually a pretty decent fungicide, and it has a, a broader label, so we can go pre-tassel, and I, I'm happy with that. The only last tip I will give you is if you are going pre-tassel, do not throw in surfactant in that um we don't need rest or rested year syndrome. We had that in 2007 and eight when we really started doing a lot of fungicide. It is a terrible thing to deal with. And so, yes, no, no surfactant, uh, pre-tassel, post-tassel, pay attention to the label, follow all labeled rates and what you're supposed to do. I really honestly don't feel the need for that surfactant in there. I think the risk outweighs the advantages. Um, you know, as far as micronutrients and other stuff, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that when we get there. But these are my experiences on Tar Spot. This is what I've dealt with. You know, if you had to ask me my advice, this is what I would tell you. And, you know, if there's a seed company that's telling you I'm total a total nutcase, seek out a couple different people. I've seen it in the field. Try a couple hybrids from a different place. I'm not trying to sell a bunch of seed or anything here. I think that stay green is huge. And hybrid selection makes a very, very large difference. And I've seen it in our combine, in our fields. Uh, I've seen it in other people's. It, it makes a big difference. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoy it, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rogue Agronomist Podcast. Be sure to check out our website, stallagronomy.com, and our other social media for more information and other episodes. Mm-hmm.